Lord, we pray that as, as we look at the Bible now, that you, you feed us, you inspire us, and you encourage us. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear and hearts to understand what, what you're saying to us. And set us on fire. Amen. So we're looking at the book of Acts. I was having this discussion with Michael a bit earlier. I was trying to make a little graphic that would go with the, this is it actually, this is my photograph in the prayer center on Thursday. And um, I had Benji's little magnifying glass here. And I thought what would be quite good is because the, the book of Acts is sometimes described as quite fiery. It's the things that the early church did. And I thought it would be quite cool if we could get the magnifying glass to set light to the Bible um, with using some sunlight. And then, But I couldn't really sort of juggle that with my phone trying to take a photograph. So maybe you can just, you can just imagine that with a little LED sort of light. Anyway, we're doing a series on Acts. And we're, start, we're starting today. And... Um, and I'm going to kind of introduce it, and then we'll probably be sitting in this uh, maybe up until around Christmas time. Uh, so you might like to you might like to read the Book of Acts uh, over the next few weeks, few months. Uh, I don't know how you do your regular reading of Bible. I, I kind of read a few, maybe like a couple of paragraphs a day. I don't read it very fast at the moment, and um, so Acts could be a good good thing to sit in if you'd like to. Um, as we've been been talking about this with a few people, getting it getting ready, uh, one of the one of the comments that a few of us have made is that sometimes we can look at the book of Acts and this is the, the church when it first started. So this is the, the very first church after Jesus had lived and died and risen from the dead. And we can look at it and we can think the Bible is the, is the book that tells us how we, you know, shows us what God is like, who God is and how we should live. And, and we can kind of look at Acts with a, through a bit of a guilty, guilty lens and think, oh, this is really what the church should be like. I don't know, maybe this is just me, but I don't know if this resonates to any of you. But, but this is kind of what the church should be like, and we've, we've sort of fallen short of this um, vision of church. So, for example, in Acts chapter 2, it talks about the, the believers, the disciples, um, meeting together every day, uh, worshipping, fellowshipping together, sharing communion, and, and, and they shared all their possessions together. And, um, and, and I've kind of looked at that at various times in my Christian life and thought, that's the gold standard. And now we're kind of living a, a paler version. But I think that's actually not a very helpful way to look at the book of Acts. And I think um, when we're not called to sort of be a carbon copy or this is the template that we have to reproduce, otherwise we're failing as church. Actually, instead, what we see in Acts is we see a community of believers, people who encountered Jesus and he changed their lives. And they are living out his teaching and um, and they're following the leading of the Holy Spirit uh, in the time and place where they were uh, back then, and and that's what we're doing as, as well today. That's what we're doing as church here, churches all around the world. So, so I think we look at we come to Acts and we come to be inspired. We come to see, okay, what is it, what is it that Jesus says? How do we how do we do life with Him? How do we how do we encounter the Holy Spirit and, and follow Him in life? And so we 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 we're going to come at this uh, over the next few months, kind of gleaning and learning and saying, God, what are you saying to us? These are some of the characteristics and things that you did back there two thousand years ago. What are the um, what have you got for us today here? And I think when I look, when I think about the church in Acts, um, my kind of perception of it is this, there's this kind of, there's a kind of a fire and there's a kind of a, um, a passion, a kind of rawness to it, a, um, an excitement, a momentum, an energy, a kind of new life and uh, new things are happening. There's a kind of an explosiveness to it. A crisis comes up, they kind of go to God and what do we do here? Oh, we're in prison. We've been thrown in prison for talking about Jesus. What do we do? Oh, let's pray and worship. And the, and the, and there's an earthquake, and they get released from prison. And, and there's all these extraordinary uh, things that happen. And I think so. I think a key a feature of the church, I think, in Acts, is this life and this sense of energy and momentum. And actually, I have I have that same sort of sense when I think about hope. 
uh, my experience of being part of this church. And Hope's, Hope's about getting towards 20 years old now. But I, I think that we have amongst us that same, a, a, a sort of similar freshness, a sort of life, a, um, a, a passion. And I, and I think that's something that should characterize every church, actually. That should characterize every Christian. It should be Jesus came to bring us hope, didn't he? And joy and life and peace. And we live a life of faith where we take risks. And uh, yeah, so that's what I see when I, when I look at Acts. And that's what I see actually when I think about hope. And I think our experience of hope here, and I, I don't know what you're, whether you resonate with that. But, um, but I'd suggest that that that's, should be a characteristic of walking with Jesus. Uh, the Christian life, the life of the church. That's not to say there's not hardships and difficult times, but in the midst of them, uh, these kind of fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, hope, well, they, those things are, are, are characteristic. <clears throat> so we're going to look at um, we're going to look at Acts over the next few months through three lenses, and it's going to start. Uh, oh, we've got it up here, haven't we, Michael? Uh, we're going to look at chapter one, and um, would you mind flicking onto the? Ne- oh, I can do it myself. Sorry. Here we go. Uh, okay. So uh, this is Acts chapter 1, and uh, sorry, it's missed the edge slightly, but we're going to read from the beginning. We're going to read these first um, 11 verses, and this is really going to be sort of unpacking what these lenses are we're going to be using. And um, so it starts up at the top here. It says, in my, oh, you're brilliant, Michael. See, so he, he fixes things as we go along. Um, in my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all the things Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up into heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he'd chosen. So Theophilus is not the third child of the Davies family. Um, uh, not the original, well, the original one. Um, he was, he was a, a Gentile, so a, a, probably sort of Greeky kind of person. Um, and Luke was writing to him. So the same Luke who wrote um, the Gospel of Luke, one of the four biographies of Jesus, um, is writing. This is his kind of part two. And it's saying part one, the Gospel is the life of the biography of Jesus. Now this is what happened after he, he went to heaven. And so, uh, in my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven. After, verse 3, after his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you've heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days... He'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And the first lens that I wanted to uh, introduce is, um, is this one around the word uh, wait. Sorry? Oh, okay. Do, do we have any... Um, do, they, do they work at all? I oh, don't worry. It's fine. So, can we see the word wait in here? Yeah, verse, verse 4. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised. And then we see in Acts 2, in Acts 2, this is what they, this is what they do. The disciples gather together every day uh, in this room, and they're, they're waiting for this gift that God has promised to send them. And uh, Paul did a few, Paul Gulf over there, he did a few talks on, on the Holy Spirit uh, back in June. And one of the interesting things he said about this this time, is that when the when the Holy Spirit comes on them after this time of waiting, they're all sitting down, and um, it wasn't normal within a, within a in the Jewish world. The normal thing was to stand up when you prayed, so the so the people clearly weren't praying; they were just waiting, 
And I, and I thought, oh, I'm sure, you know, I always kind of, pers- my kind of perception of this was always these, these disciples were doing what Jesus said and they were like day and night, they're on their knees, they're fasting and they're crying out to the Lord in prayer saying, come on, give us this gift of the Holy Spirit, pleading on God to, um, to come and turn up. But uh, it doesn't look like they were at all. Maybe they were like doing Sudoku or something. Or they, or they, they, they were just waiting, they were just sitting there. And, um, and, they would, and, and, and then the Holy Spirit comes. It doesn't illustrate my first lens very well, really, because my first lens was really about prayer. So I was, I've been looking at these kind of biblical words. Trying to, maybe the wait is like a really, that word wait is a really, in the Greek, it's a special kind of waiting, which is really sort of prayerful waiting, you know, with a kind of spiritual discipline exercise. But it's not, it just means wait. It just means, it just means, it just means stay in the same place and wait. Um, but the first lens we want to talk about is, is, is prayer. And it's kind of coming together, and, and, and we, we're calling it um, presence, because it's kind of bigger than maybe some of our... Um, ideas of prayer in that it's it's going in that it's meeting together, connecting with God, uh, hearing God speak to us, uh, and encountering God. And we see right the way through the Book of Acts, we see this 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 pattern of a people coming together to pray. So we see in in Acts chapter two, they're there, that they're waiting, and and after they're filled with the Holy Spirit, they begin to pray. Then chapter three, um, Peter and John heal this beggar, and um, and then they get thrown into jail. And uh, they get released from jail, and they get they meet up with the other believers, and, and it says, um, and, and they all gather together and they pray. And time and time again, we see the believers coming together daily, regularly praying. We see um, Acts chapter thirteen; they come together in different parts, different churches around the world, different places. Uh, God speaks to them, gives them a direction, and, and off they go, and, and they're sent. And so, this rhythm of prayer, this pattern of of gathered and then sort of going out, is something that we see right the way through the book of Acts, and it's really pertinent to us. Um, as a church, it's, 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 part, it's part of the Christian life, isn't it? Prayer, you can't escape that. But for us here, one of our particular dreams as a church is to be a p- people in a place of prayer. And um, we built the prayer centre and, and, and the prayer huts and so on. And uh, you're doing some clever things. Oh, look, Michael, thanks. Yeah, just flick it back one. Um, there you go. Great. Um, the word wait around around presence, and so what we're doing currently our one church one day, twenty four hours in each month when we when we start from six a.m. and we go through to six six a.m. The, the following morning, praying. Uh, and our expectation is that this is a kind of this is where we come together, where we hear from God, and then we go out and uh, continue in our boats and our purposes. If we carry on reading this passage, they um, we see that what was it they were waiting for? They were waiting for the, the power of God, the power of God to come. And uh, <coughs> you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes in on you. And you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and then to the earth. Then they gather. So, so our second, the second lens that we're going to be using to look at uh, the book of Acts is this one of power. And um, so I really recommend back in, I think it was in June, Paul, Paul Golf came and did three talks uh, on the Holy Spirit. And um, and we've asked Paul and Grace if they can kind of help us over these next few months to kind of press in more to um, to the Holy Spirit. What does it mean? How do we walk in the power and the life of the Holy Spirit? And I've, what I found, what I was surprised by really, um, was that was that a lot of what Paul was talking about uh, was was our identity, and it, and was talking about the Holy Spirit being in us and, 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 and our relationship to God and, and, and kind of calling out who we are. 
And I've, I've found, I've been strengthened in my personal life and my personal relationship with the Holy Spirit just through kind of understanding more about who God is and, and who I am. And as we look at the book of Acts, we see, uh, we see a people of power, don't we? So chapter, going back to that again, chapter three, after, or chapter four, after Peter's release from prison, in verse 31, it says, after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. And as we, and as we read through the book of Acts, we see so many um, experiences and examples of this, where the, the people, of, people of God show the power of God. They go and they heal people, deliver people from illnesses, um, amazing things happen. And we want to, we want to, we recognize that this is in our, our inheritance, part of who we are as Christians, but something that we don't necessarily walk in all the time, that naturally. And we, and we and one of our, so one of our focuses, we want to really grow in that. How can it become more normal for us to see, uh, miracles and, and for us to experience the power and the presence of God? We've had some great things in, uh, over the, over the history of hope the last few years. There's a wonderful healing of cat from Emmy was a really dramatic one. And, um, and, lo- and lots of other stories um, from around the church, people being healed of cancer and so on. Uh, but we, but we want to move in, in, in that more and more. And so we'll be looking at, as we go through Acts at, um, at, through that lens of power. And then the third one, our third lens, if we carry on reading, uh, actually, let's just jump back to uh, verse 6. Then they gathered around Jesus and they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? So the, the, the believers, the setting in, um, in Israel at this time was that Israel as a nation was under the control of the Roman Empire. And, uh, and it, was, it was a pretty brutal um, occupation. So there were soldiers, we can't really imagine it living here, can we? But there were soldiers on the streets, um, people who were out of order, were dealt with really harshly. They didn't have the freedom to govern themselves and do things as they wanted. And then this, this amazing man, Jesus, this God-man, Jesus had come. And they're like, okay, so Jesus now... Uh, surely you're going to get rid of the Romans and we can be back to being this, this wonderful, uh, peaceful nation of, nation of Israel. Uh, and Jesus' response to that is, is this. It's not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority to sort these things out. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and to the end of the earth. And uh, so he's, he's really kind of, they're wanting life to be sorted out and peaceful where they are now. And, but the response that Jesus gives to that is saying, actually, I'm going to put my power on you and I'm going to, and I'm going to send you. It's, it's not just that I'm not, my, my vision for you isn't as small as just making life easier here in, in Israel. Actually, I want you to be witnesses of a far greater transformation that happens inside you when the power of God comes to live inside you, which is the sort of fullness of the death and resurrection of Jesus. This is going to be something that's far bigger than just a nation that isn't under Roman control anymore. Far bigger than just a, a government that we like and agree with. Far bigger than just a you know, sense of political order. <laughs> Resonates with us, hey? And, but, 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 but I've come to, to, to transform you from the inside out and, to, and, to, and, and for that message to go all over the place, to go, to go everywhere. To go from Jerusalem, where they were then, Judea, Samaria is kind of the, the non-Jewish area around them, and the ends of the earth is... Um, is the end of the earth. Uh, so this is our, our third lens we want to look through uh, through um, at, at the book of Acts, is this thing about being witnesses. And uh, Alice and I 
we've been talking a lot for the last few years really about being uh, a people on mission together and using the you know the beach and boat vision here talking about our boats uh, and going out uh, as communities uh, with the love with the message with the good news of, of Jesus and we, and we see that as lined up with that so these are our these are our boats uh, our kind of current formal boats and uh, so we have these communities that are regular within the Hope Calendar, Celebrate Recovery, Food Bank, Little Stars, and so on. We have people who are overseas. We've heard from James and Sally and Laura. And these are our, um, our, some of our boats. But I wanted to just share with you a- another one um, that I heard about on Thursday. And um, I was really encouraged by this. Uh, so I went to see Liz Trelaw on Thursday. So Liz, so those of you who are newer to Hope won't know her. She's had cancer for the last three years. She's had and been recovering from it. She's had breast cancer, and then she recovered from that. Then she got leukemia and had to have a bone marrow transplant and recover from that. So she's been really uh, in pretty much in isolation or really sort of hidden for the last three years, recovering from that. And um, But she's been part of Hope for a long time and has really appreciated the covering and the fellowship that's been had through more remotely and the support that people have given her within the church. But what was what was really exciting? One of the things that was really we had an amazing two and a half hours talking together about all sorts of things. But one of the things that was really exciting for me was was her recognition of what her boat has been in this time. And you kind of you know I kind of assume it's not really a boat time for you, Liz. You, you know you've been battling life and death. You know you've been really through the mill physically. Um, but she was saying what's been uh, in, in this time. Uh, she's been very close to her, her family, her blood family, and her. One of her sisters has given her bone marrow transplant, so she's literally got her blood living inside her, and that's a it's a really uncomfortable medical process for all of that to to happen. Another sister really gave up her life for nine months and came to live with her. Uh, her daughter as well been really hands on helping, and then neighbours as well in the flats where she lives have been coming. One neighbour's been coming and making her bed for her, and there's been a real um, <clears throat> connectedness there. But um, what was really so, uh, what I found so amazing was hearing of how Liz really has been a, kind of like a priest amongst those people. Someone who's brought the life and presence of God amongst uh, her family and seen some wonderful things happen within her family and within her community there as well. And you know, we can, we can assume sometimes we've got to be, we've got to be these uh, superheroes, these paratroopers jumping out of aeroplanes. Um, you know, the, 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 the most elite of the most elite in order to do uh, the mission of God. I think what's so encouraging about Liz's story is actually is, is God uses us uh, just as we are. And when we see when we see Jesus sending out the disciples in Matthew ten and Luke ten, he specifically tells them to be weak in the way that they go. He says, "When you go, don't take any money with you, don't take extra clothes." And he says, "Go, just go and find one person to stay with. Find a person of peace. Knock on the door, and they are, uh, if they welcome you into their home, then, then stay with them." They'll introduce you to the community around them, and uh, don't go moving. Don't go moving around. You see that in Matthew ten and Luke ten, the way he sends out his disciples, and they, and they go from this place of weakness and dependency on God. Uh, they, they need God, and um, and I think this is what Liz's Liz's story has said to me over the last um, three years: is that she's been in a place where she's been dependent on these on other people to help give her physically give, give her life through the blood transplant. Uh, help her with basic things like making her bed and uh, being very very weak physically, um, but it was it was so rich just hearing of the the life that was um, coming out of her and the stories that there were in her community and her in her family. So just a little insight into uh, an, another boat, a different kind of boat um, that we, that is part of us, uh, our church family here within Hope. So. 
this is this is the, that's it really in terms of an introduction. I wanted to kind of set the scene and say that over these coming uh, weeks, months, we're going to be going through Acts, and as a church family who are uh, looking to grow in these areas, grow as people of prayer. You know, so so we, one church one day um, is is a, is a current uh, significant feature in our in our landscape. I expect that we'll add to it other other times of prayer together. But expectation is that we can we come together to pray, we encounter God's presence, and 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 and, and we're then propelled into into this life of going out, and we do so with the, with the power of God inside us, the power that is tran- transformational, and uh, and we and we come back and we 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 feed back these stories and so on amongst us. So that's the the, the plan for the next for the next term, and. Uh, my prayer for us all. My hope is that we we, we find our uh, are encouraged in our zone. There. What is your boat? What is your place of ministry? For some people, it's their it's their workplace. Sense of calling to their place. The, the nine to five is a, is a place where you're where where God has has made you and put you, and that's your that's your zone of ministry. For others, it might be one of these communities within Hope. Um, little stars celebrate recovery food bank night shelter hope on Wednesday one of these uh, one of these one of these things um, isn't that great just hearing what hearing what Liz is, Liz is how God's been working through Liz these last these last few years and that's such a place of weakness so we want to uh, come together at times like this on Sundays to encounter God to be filled with his spirit his presence to be encouraged to be inspired uh, so we can go on, go out and, and bring that that good news that that, that life that is in us Okay, we'll stop there.